But to you who are willing to listen, I forgive your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks, and when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you you love only those who love you, why should you get the credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to only to those who do good to you, why should you get the credit? Even sinners do that. And even if you lend money only to those who can repay, why should you get credit? Even sinners lend other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies, do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be great and you will be truly acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are thankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. As I read that, I kind of read down below and the Bible breaks it down and um, Pastor Morris, he taught me a lot when he was leading over at the other church and he taught me that you read in the New Living and then you preach out of the New King James. So I kind of went back and forth a little bit. But um, in this passage, it's interesting that Jesus would say, but to you who are willing to listen. Back then, a lot of, a lot of the Jews never did always listen to what Christ said because what he said turned everything upside down, which is what this series, I think, is called, is upside down, if I'm not wrong. Just when people think, and even in the world today, Jesus' words still flip the world upside down. The scripture is one of the most radical, difficult, and controversial demands that Jesus ever spoke. Every word Jesus spoke had turned all the, everything the Jews thought upside down, because the Jews despised the Romans, for their oppression. They didn't care for the Romans. But when they got set, as we, and we even do in this world today, we get set in our ways, do we not? Where we want ours, where we're going to get ours, we want it now. I'm, I'm kind of bad. My mom will tell you with my patience is not exactly one of the best fruits of the Spirit, but uh, I think you blessed me with the rest, I think. But, um, but the Bible says that many walked away because they didn't want to love their enemies. And as I thought about that today and this week, Jesus wasn't talking about having affection for enemies. He was talking about of a conscious attitude toward them to see them through the eyes of Christ. Uh, loving your enemies means setting aside violence and revenge and acting in their best interests. Even the church today, you guys, even has a problem with that. Even as Christians, some of us have a problem with that. Like I said, we're, we want to get ours and we want to be first and we don't think about others. That's what really got me with this whole lesson. It broke me pretty well here a few nights ago. I just sit and cried and I thought, God, forgive me for the way I've acted because there are people that I work with. I even have family that we have run-ins with I'm sure I'm not the only one, but uh, don't raise your hands yet. But um, the world we live in says get revenge, get yours. 
and some even take it even to more extreme. Even today when people read Luke 6, they think, how do you do that? Even as Christians, we wonder this. But it's only through the Holy Spirit. I've heard Verl preach on that and speak on that. If you want any guy to talk to you about the Holy Spirit, he's the man, okay? Amongst others in here, Pastor Morris, they taught me a lot growing up even at the old church. But as a church, we should be forgiving our enemies. Um, and if you're not, we're going to get into it. You might, you might leave here mad at me today, but that's okay. I'll wait till next Sunday. But people are watching. People are watching. Not just the way you talk or your walk, but they're watching how you even speak. Sometimes us as Christians, we get our tongue out in front of our nose, I always say. We start running it before we even think about what we're saying, and then we regret what we've done. You know, a while back, I had a, I shouldn't say a while back, it's only been a few weeks, maybe a month. There's a couple up here that know what I'm talking about, where I'm going with this. I'm not going to mention any names, but I had a run-in with a lady at the church here, and... um, her and I went back and forth. And uh, boy, it felt good to get mad. <laughs> I got to admit, you know, there was a lot of stress. There's a lot going on. And, but this lady and I were going back and forth with it. And it just got out of control. Like I talk about getting your tongue out in front of your face. I did that. And I'm not saying she was my enemy at all, but at that time, it sure seemed like it. But things went on, and she kind of got up and looked at her husband and said, we're out of here. And I was like, yeah, get on out, you know. I was kind of enjoying that, you know, and I shouldn't have, and it broke my heart that I did that. And uh, so a few days later, I called this guy at our church that's sitting up here in the front. And I said, uh, he's laughing right now. I said, will she be okay by Sunday? I was scared to death. I thought, oh, she's going to kill me. But I don't see her here today. So I think hopefully she's watching. But anyway, I'll get through this story. But I thought, man, I'm not going to forgive her. You know, she made me mad paybacks. You know, like I just said, I'm going to get mine, you know. Being the leader, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell her, you know. And, but, you know, it broke me. I was driving. I know where I was driving. And I got one of them little cup holders in my truck, them little low-weather tech things. And the phone rang. And this is after I got done talking to, to Steve down here. You all probably know who I'm talking about. Um, I looked down and it said Deb Corey on it. And I thought, oh, Lord. And I wanted to wait till Sunday, you know. I wasn't going to say anything till I got her face to face because that's what I like to do. I like to talk. I don't like to text a lot. So if you text me a little bit and I text you back, sometimes I'll, I just won't text you. And it's not that I don't love you or want to talk to you. I just don't text a lot. So it was, it was her on, the, on my phone. So I ranged over and I hit it and I said, hello, and... And her and I talked 
And I told her I was going to wait till Sunday. But she said she don't want to wait. You guys have broke me. I cried going down the road because I'd hurt that lady. And I didn't mean to. I wasn't looking at her like Christ does, like we should be. This church should be a safe haven, you guys, to love each other more now than ever because this world is tore up and it's not going to go, it's not going to get any better. It's going to get worse. But I want to skip back. I want to get, but anyway, I, I, after we, we talked on the phone and I forgave her and she forgave me and everything was great. She walked in the church on Sunday and walked up and hugged me. And we apologized. And I believe when you forgive your enemies, it doesn't just go away. It sticks forever in here because you know that person. And that's the way we should be with everybody. There should be no backstabbing going on. We should be doing like we did this morning, worshiping together, amen, praying for each other. And that just, well, that warms my heart. In Colossians 3.13, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must do. And I like that in the NLT, it said you must do. Christ doesn't give any options. You might not like what the Bible says. I've had kids downstairs tell me, well, I believe half the Bible. No, you either believe it all or you believe nothing. And I tell them that because this is what you stand on. You base your life on this. This just isn't something you just throw to the side. You should be in it every night. I tell my kids every Sunday, and you guys have got little ones down there that I'm going to get another year. They're going to get it too. But I make them read all the time because I know how it is when you're busy. I know some of you out there have jobs and you work day in and day out and you get home and you're tired. But when you come here, open this up or you can read it like Pastor Aaron puts it up on here or look on your phone. But take this word real serious. This stuff will either make you very happy or it'll bust you down to nothing. Okay? Now you might be saying, you can't do this after they treated me. And that's how I felt when I got in that little argument. But look how they treated Jesus. You know? That's where I come, when I was reading and studying and God put it on my heart, look through my eyes, he said. Not through your own. Your own's going to get you in trouble. Just having your phone in front of you is going to get you in trouble, you know? But um, like the Bible says, before you were saved, we all were enemies of Christ. So those people out there, who do they need? They need Christ. So everyone that comes in here, I love the greeters at this church, you guys, the park and the cars out front. I'm so excited to see the change. When you think about change, you think, man, this, this might not be so well. You know, when I got all that stuff for our kids down there, I thought, this might not be so good. You know, where am I going to put all this? But praise God, it all didn't all go to the trash. <laughs> but... 
praise God for mom and for, and for Joy and um, for Diane and Teresa. You guys, they love it down there. And the kids down there, I mean, anywhere from Tony's kids to Tristan and Colton, all those little guys. Louise, you know, we love them guys. And uh, to see them come in here, is just, it just blesses me to death. Um, I lost my place here. Um, I learned that forgiveness is the best medicine. Church, don't let your tongue, like I've said before, get out in front of you. Watch what you say. You can bless and you can curse like Luke 6 says. And that's the way you should be doing. Don't ever do what I did. I still think of that. Every time I see Deb, I think of that. I thought first, I thought, man, (laughs) maybe your husband's coming in here and punch my lights out, you know? (laughs) But uh, he looked at me and he shook my hand and they they both told me they love me. And uh, so that'll never happen again. Romans 12, verse 9 says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, Love each other with genuine affection. Genuine affection. Underline that if you've got your Bible. Be true. Be truthful. But watch how you say. Most people are pretty receptive. Sometimes they're not. You know, watch out for the hook. But, you know, um, be truthful and honest to people. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Because when you do that, you, the Bible says you, you, you pour chunks of coal on their head. And like I tell my kids downstairs, they might be the only, you might be the only Christ that they see. I don't care if they're Tristan's age or Luis's age. It doesn't matter. You know, what you say and the way you act, they are watching. Believe me, I found that out at my job here a while back. But, um, but one of the... One of the, um, the evidences that you're a child of God or a son of God, we must forgive. This is one way to know that you are genuine. Examine yourself like Pastor Kelly said this morning, not just in communion, but you know, look in the mirror and ask yourself, you know, am I real? Are you the real deal? Don't be playing around. I don't want to be caught playing around when I stand before God. I want him to say, you know, enter in, good and faithful servant. I don't want him, well, you did this or you did that. I'm sure I've got things I'm going to have to answer for, but I don't want that. I want to love the unlovable and the people who don't love me because they, you might, like I said, you might be the only one that they see at your job. I wish I told Aaron one time, I said, boy, I wish I'd be a full-time pastor. <laughs> After seeing what that guy's gone through these last few months, I don't know if I do. The Lord would have to ski, have to come right down here and stand right here for me to be full-time. I mean, that guy, I'll tell you what, he has taught me so much. And we've talked about forgiving other people and some of the instances I've had with people. And um, a lady we talked to back at the old church, he thought I was going to tear her up. And he kind of come out and he said, you just blow me away because I didn't, jump down their throat, you know. You just try to love people. People respond better when you love them, when you talk decent to them. When you snap, you're not winning any 
You're not winning any enemies at all, you know. And they notice that. Um, you also, you know, you, when you see people through the eyes of Christ, you know, sometimes we get that fleshy side, like we talked earlier about, I'm going to get mine and this and that. But then after you do it, you feel that little sting in your flesh. You know, it's, it feels pretty good for a while, but when it's done and people forgive, it stung, you guys, when Deb came up and forgave me and talked to me because I really hurt her. And um, I don't ever want to do that again. Matthew six fourteen and 15 says, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But here's where 15, here's the kicker. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive you. I used to tell my dad that. We buried my dad in January of COVID pneumonia. And after he had his heart attack, Pastor Morris, he'd cut Pastor Morris's hair and they would get to talk for hours. And I'll forever value that because he got a, you got a chance to talk to him on things that I might not have been able to. But I always, he would always get mad at things, and I'd say, you got to forgive, or God won't forgive you. And he'd always stop talking after that because he knew that he had to do that. This book isn't just, I'm going to do part of it, but I'm not going to do the rest. It's, that doesn't work that way. You either do it all or nothing. Matthew 18 21 through 35. Let's go there real quick. I'm going to read through that. It's a little it's a little passage that really um, really hit me pretty well. Um, maybe I should have just used my phone, huh? Then Peter came to them and said, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times. Am I on the right side here? Oh, yeah. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had laid borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me, and I will pay it all. Then the master was filled with pity for him and released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars, grabbed him by the throat, and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little bit more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put into prison until the debt was paid in full. But when some of the other servants saw this, they became very upset. They went to the king and told everything that had happened. Then the king called the man, called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? Jesus forgave all your debt. You should forgive others for their debt too. Maybe their debt for not loving you. 
Maybe they don't know if you're genuine or not. How are you acting? How's your call? Is it genuine, like I said earlier? Do they know that? As I read that and it said, people are watching, I thought, man, Lord, am I, am I doing what I need to do to show that I'm a genuine follower of the Lord? But as he forgave us, we should do that for, to forgive others too. I have, a, this is, there it goes. I have a guy at work that I actually helped this guy get on in my job, thinking maybe he had changed a little bit, and he never, he hasn't. As they say, the true colors came out, and um, I see things that he's doing, and back when another, another guy that worked there, he hasn't worked there anymore, but we would try to reach this guy, and um, I think the more we preached to this guy or we brought up the Lord, the more mad he got. But as I talked to Pastor Aaron about it, I told him sometimes it's hard to get an angle to talk to people, but you have to pray to ask God to give you a time to reach them. And I think the door is cracked. Um, He's given me opportunities. I've had to pray for this guy because him and I don't see eye to eye. But he he would make fun of things that we would talk about the Lord and you ever had one of them guys that think they know it all? This is what he was. But as I see myself talking to him, I can inject little things, and I keep praying for this guy, and God's working. And it's so cool to see that now he'll come up and ask questions. My boss, hope he's not watching. Um, <laughs> I talked to him about the Lord too. And you want to talk about having to forgive somebody. That guy, he's, he can be tough to forgive. Because he's what he calls himself a CEO. Christmas and Easter only is when he comes to church. And um, I used to laugh at that, and then it broke my heart. To what he's missing. He's missing it all. But if I look through the eyes of Christ... I see a whole different realm. I see a whole different guy that, that needs God in his life. And Revelation 5.16 says, Walk in the Spirit, and you should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit, church, because that's the only way you're going to reach these people. If you try to reach them in your flesh, it's not going to work. You're either going to say something wrong You'll sound like you're rolling with the crowd. And that's pretty easy to do when you're in the flesh. Because some things in the world look pretty good. But no, they're not in the long run. In the end, it's all rubbish. Like Paul said in the Bible, it's all, it's, it's, it's nothing's going to work, ever come good from it. There are, as I studied this week, and I came up with this deal, it says, I wrote, you want to love your enemies like God loves. If you got pens and papers, write this down. I'm going to give you four of them, okay? Four things that, that Christ does or God does. One, goodness to all, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes the sun rise on the, on the evil and on the good 
and sends rain on the just and the unjust. Romans 2, 4 says, do you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? You know, like Kelly said earlier, can you imagine God weeping for the lost, the people who won't come to him, that won't give him the time of day? Like I said just a minute ago, they're missing out on so much. And I'm not talking coming here and eating dinners, and we do that well here, you know. But this church is known for that, but it's also known for praying for people. And I so want that guy to know. And I, I get that, I get to interject that when I talk with him, that I let him know if his kids are sick, that I'm praying for him. And just those little things, you guys. But most of all, praying for them, even when you're not around them. You know, Paul says, pray in the Spirit. Like Verl said earlier, you can pray without ceasing all day long if you want. And we probably should, because there's a lot of people out there that are not only enemies, but people that see you as an enemy, because they don't want to believe what you believe. Number two, God shows compassion. Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Even before God became man, it's clear that throughout the Old Testament that God feels sorrow, even weeps for the lost and for the crushing blows of his people. He's watching all the time. He sees what happens to us when we get knocked down from people. But get right back up and keep going. But keep praying for those people. Keep reaching them. They might be the hardest ones. I was told one time that your family might be the hardest ones to lead. So it might be you that leads somebody else's family. You never know how God's going to use you. Number three, constant warnings. Constant throughout the Bible. Second Thessalonians 1.9 says, They will be punished with eternal destruction forever, separated from the Lord and from his glorious power. You know, before my dad passed away, we had talks, and I asked him, I said, are you ready? And I think I remember he told Pastor Morris, he said he was ready, and I believe that he was. He was hard at the end. And things on TV would make you mad, especially the past few presidents we've had was... Not exactly the top of his list. And he wore Trump shirts all the time, you guys. You said, drive me nuts, you know. But hey, whatever, you know. Each is his own. But I told them, I told him, I said, you know, as you pray, the government is not good either. Matter of fact, we got some pretty bad people that need praying for. But I told him, you're going to have to forgive. I told him and told him and told him, you guys, you got to forgive your enemy. You need to forgive them, people. Because all you're doing is hurting yourself, people. Church, that's all you're hurting is yourself. Those people could care less what you think. Not all of them, but some of them. I've got some myself. But I'll tell you what, though. I'm going to give them Jesus, though, until it kills me. Or I get fired, one of the two. But constant warnings, you guys. 
I mean, can you imagine those people? When you see them through the eyes of Christ, you'll have compassion and you'll have love for them. I guarantee if you do that, you will see and you need to reach them because they're people that are going to burn you guys. I mean, I think about that. There's a guy with his name, Pastor Moore Steve. Is it Weiss is his last name? He spent, I don't know how long in hell. If you haven't read that book, that'll scare you to death. And it'll make you want to reach the lost. I guarantee you. And number four, the gospel offer. The offer, the offer of salvation to everyone. Mark 16, 15. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. So the path of salvation's already been laid out, you guys. John 1, let's go to John 1, verse 9. I want to read that to you because I was, I'd read before, but I've never, it just struck me what that says. Here, I'll just read it to you. The one who's the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the world. He came into the very world that he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to, here's the kicker. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. <laughs> all they got to do, guys, is believe. God made it so simple, and these people have made it so hard to reach them. I talked to that friend of mine, and, and he just, he, some of them just won't open up. But you keep on going, and you don't give up. Because when you do that, you're showing that, one, you are a Christian, and you're a follower of God but also that you love Christ. Because look what he did for you. You were his enemy, and he laid his life out. That just, as we pray, as you guys spoke today and sang, what he did is, I'm just amazed, like Kelly said, he wouldn't give up his kid. I think my mom said the same thing. She'd probably have a hard time doing it too, but he did. And we were all enemies. And now that veil's torn. And we can walk in and fellowship and communion with him. I think that is so cool. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, where he says, actually, let's just go there real quick. I won't keep you much longer. Then Jesus said, come to all, come to me, all you are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to hear, and the burden I give you is light. As you speak to those guys that, are you, that you're, maybe are your enemies or just friends that don't know Christ, tell them what Christ means to you and what he's done for you. I, I look out here and I see people that have been saved from a ton of things. I know I've been healed. I've had a stroke and a heart attack, kind of like Aaron said Wednesday night. He said, oh, Ted's body's been abused. Oh, yeah. 
I've been around the ringer. A couple of them I did to myself, you know. Had my nose tore off, my foot crushed. Um, but God still healed me, and he still uses me today. And he will still use you to reach the lost. And I wanted to tell Don that when he gets discouraged with this breathing and he gets down, that God's not done with him yet. If you want to love your enemies like God loves, show kindness, show pity, compassion. You warn them and give them the gospel. Because without the gospel, they're going to perish. And then I'd just dread the day. I'd have to stand there and say, when God says to me, why didn't you tell so-and-so? You guys, I don't want that. I don't want that. But if I see them through the eyes of Christ and I, and I witness to them, then if, they don't, then if they don't come and they deject it, then I can't help that. And that's off, then that'll be off your conscience. I don't think it'll ever be off. I should maybe say that. I don't think you'll ever forget because what they're going to miss out on, we can't even fathom. So you say you're a son of God, a child of God. You got to love. You can't hate them. You got to love. God commands us to love our enemies and love the unloving and the unforgiving because you'll have some that won't forgive you. But if you do your part and you tell them, God will reward you. Like I've heard Pastor Morris talk, and Don and Janice are talking about the heaven and the crowns. I, I can't even fathom what that's going to be like. But I think that's good, because it keeps you wondering, and I like to wonder a lot. You know, you'll, as you go through life, we're all going to face persecution. I see around the world, and I get to talk to Pastor Aaron about other countries that are facing persecution. I don't think we've seen a lot of that here, but I believe we will. It might get worse, you know. Your enemies might do things to you. But go back through Luke chapter 6 and read that and stand on that. Because in the beginning of it, it doesn't sound all that promising. Because none of us like to be told what to do, especially in the flesh. My dad never liked to be told what to do. I think that's why he had his own business. So he didn't want nobody telling him what to do. But, but we, will, you know, we will face persecution, church. But remember that you are blessed when they falsely accuse you. But be glad and you probably think, why, when they're going to persecute me? Because great is your treasure in heaven. Think about that as you're talking to them people, and you're, you know, you're, if you want to call them your enemies, some of them might not be so bad, but there are. I got some that are. They don't want to hear it at all, but they're going to get it until they fire me. And my final thought, you guys, and I'll close with this. People in your life that maybe are your enemies. They're still people loved by God. Forgive them. Reach them with the gospel because they need Christ. Amen.
But think about that as you walk out here today. There are people out there, they, got, they think they've got everything. But that stuff out there ain't nothing compared to what you can have in here. And those enemies out there need you more than they need all that stuff. Okay? Let's bow our head and close our eyes. You know, you might say, Pastor Ted, I've got people that I need to forgive that have wronged me. And no looking around, please. Just me and you and the Lord right now. But you know you need to forgive those people. If you have those people in your life, raise your hand. Yeah, I see. (laughs) You know, it's easy just to walk through life and just walk by people. But it's even harder when you look back and you see what could have been. Because those people, what you've got, those people will want and those people need. Once they see you and they see how you act and how you talk and how you walk. I thank you for your honesty and your openness because that's all that the Lord wants. He knows your heart. I don't need to ask you. But thank you for raising your hands. That's awesome. But right now I just want to pray and then I'll cut you loose. Father God, I thank you for these that have come here today to hear your word, Father God, not just my words, but your words, that hearts would be opened, that eyes would be opened to see people that still need to come to you. I ask that you be with these people in here today, Father God, that heard your word, that they would go out and they would pray for and to love and to reach not just their enemy, but your enemy, God, because at the end of the day, that's all that matters is that we reach them for you. Father, I ask you to be with each one today. I thank them for coming to be in your house. I know what a house it is, Father God. What you've done in this place blows me away every time I come. I thank you for this day, Father God. I ask you to be with each one, guide and lead and protect, and bring them back next week. And everybody said, amen. in there. It was a message really important to hear, but today we have an opportunity. You know, God's so good, right? I tell you, how many of you believe that God's a healer? Yes, amen. Right? I know we, 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 we believe that. And I tell you, I was thinking about the story of Jesus and, and, and the multiple children that were brought to him throughout and and, and uh, he said the parents asked them to pray for them today we had an opportunity I didn't even get your names I am so sorry I saw you all come in but if it's all right we have a young couple here that have a uh, baby that is in the NICU who has been there for a month and she just came up and asked if we would pray for them so I'm going to go according to James chapter 5 and I'm going to ask the elders of our church and I'm going to ask this young couple to come down here. I, I, I know that's uncomfortable. I am so sorry. 
I, I really am. But if you would come down here and let us lay hands on you guys, surround them. Because the Bible says that, that, that the, the prayers of the righteous avail much. It says, are you suffering hardships? Should, you should pray. Are any of you hump, happy? You should pray, sing praises. Are you sick? You should call for the elders of our church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. Come on, that's some faith right here, right? This young couple comes down and says, pray for our baby. So come on, I don't care if you're an elder or not. Come on down here. Let's, let's raise hands towards them. Let's, if you want to lay hands on them right now, we're, gonna, we're going to stretch out and we're going to have faith for this young couple because the Bible says that our faith, we have faith, that it will avail much. So come on, church, let's just pray. Let's offer up a prayer. Father, we just praise you this morning because you are good. Lord, because your word declares your love for your children. Lord, your word even declares even specifically that no one should, should stop the children from coming to you. So, Father, we right now, in the name of Jesus, we pray over this young one who's in the hospital right now. Lord, we pray for that you would develop this young one. Lord, that you would take this baby and that you would cure this baby, that you would cause him to develop strongly, God. Lord, that there would be an anointing on his life, Father God, that, they would be, that he would be healed, but Lord, that he would know your presence. Lord, that he would know that you are the God of who, who heals. Lord, I pray for his parents right now in their faith. Lord, because your faith, their faith, it says, Lord, would, would, would be enough. So, Lord, we just thank you for that, that act of faith today, God, that they've committed their child to you, believing that you are the healer, that you have the ability to heal right now. So, Father, we thank you for this step of faith. Well, Lord, we know that you are responsive. Lord, that you are the God that heals. That you are the God who sings over us. So God, we just pray right now. Complete restoration. Complete development. Complete healing over this child. Right where they're at. Lord, I pray for the, these parents, Lord, that you give them the strength. That you'll give them the joy. That you'll give them peace that only your spirit provides. And Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for your healing in Jesus' name.